Depression is a motherfucker. You have options. Go to mentalhealth.gov to learn more or call 1-800-273-8255 if you need immediate help. My name is Joshua Gilmore from the Nowhere California and Ectopod podcast. You are not alone. You're never alone. You are now entering Nowhere California. If you love what you hear, you can find us on your favorite podcast search engines and subscribe. And also, if you don't mind, leave us a like or a review. And if hearing us is not enough, you can always get your Nowhere California fix by going to NowhereCalifornia.com. And you can send your thoughts, ideas, or some random bullshit to our email, which is Nowhere underscore California at Yahoo.com. Don't forget, we are Nowhere California. Ideas from everywhere, voices from nowhere since 2011. Welcome to Nowhere California Presents Fight Club, the commentary. Hey, there you go. Does that work for I mean, yeah. I mean, it took you about 38 tries to get there, but I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you. 37 in a row. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, but it, it, by the way, this is Josh and Doug. This is Doug. This yeah. is Josh. Yeah. We're here. I mean, if you guys haven't really figured out by our voices at this point who's who, I mean... Well, in the immortal words of Stan Lee, kind every, of paraphr- yeah. paraphrasing, everybody's There's, podcast is a first, first podcast. podcast. Yeah. Everybody's commentary is first commentary. That's true. And to explain what we're going to do is just basically we're going to talk through the movie we're yeah gonna be, we're gonna be those annoying people in the theater that you want to kill or you put on in the background on your dvd while you're doing something else and learn about a movie yeah you know depending, it's all, depending on how much you're gonna learn from it, us it's the flip it's the flip sides of the coin you either want this or you don't want this but I, we assume that since you've clicked this episode and it's obviously saying what it is in the title you kind of want this a little well, bit uh, it's probably going to be a lot more people wanting this more since this one is hopefully editing goes correctly and posting goes correctly. Yeah. It will be posted on the day of Fight Club's 20th anniversary. Boom, boom. Yeah. And earlier this year, we did an episode where we talked about a bunch of different movies that are turning 20 this year, this being one of them. That was a that was that is probably in my top three episodes of all time. We did I had a good lot with that of one. fun with yeah. that episode. And um, we decided after that one and then the, the failed uh, contest yeah. <laughs> that we would more than likely delve back into this one. Yep. And you want to re-explain the contest and give them the answer again? So the contest, the the well, I'm not going to give them the answer because they have to go. I want them to go back and listen to the twenty. No, you sure? We're going to just reiterate I'm trying it in this to one. get people. I'm trying to generate, man. I wouldn't even go back to listen. <laughs> okay. Uh, so the contest was for a uh, a what's Mondo. The Mondo, thank you. I'm sorry, thanking myself. Uh, Mondo did a did a print of the Fight Club poster for the 15th anniversary, um, and we secured a a small size poster, but your I'd say your average probably, you know, office size poster, not a full size poster, yeah. but it's something that goes in an office uh, of of the Mondo print. And so we are giving that away to the uh, contest winner of answering a trivia question, which at the time the trivia question was in that episode, Josh and I both said which celebrities we would want to fight. Who was my choice to fight? And since we're going to tell the answer, it's cool because I can tell why. Again. Again, which is a funny story. I would fight Vin Diesel. Which was a cool answer. That is, yeah, and not because like I don't like Vin Diesel or anything. I like Vin Diesel. You know, he's making some shit ton of money with the Fast and Furious movies. You yeah. know, but he's a he's a you know talented actor and he's a, a Street Sharks fan. He is a Street Sharks fan, and he's a nice dude. You know, so 
Um, I would fight him solely for the fact that, like, we have completely different fighting styles. He is the I throw haymakers and power punches and, like, shoulder tackles and all that big, burly dude stuff. And I'm kind of the... Sucking dick. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of the pocket sand kind of guy. Yeah. Like, throw shit at your eyes and duck and, like, scratch your ankles kind of shit. Yeah. So I think that would be really funny to see. Also, the poster for that fight would look hilarious. Oh, yeah. Just big old Vin Diesel and his white tank top and his bald head and me... Just looking spooked. Yeah, looking spooked <laughs> and my... Like, you know, what's going on? I know. <laughs> Heck no, man! I'd mad dog that guy. I'd be gritting teeth and shit. In my head, I'd be scared as fuck. But like, you know, because it was like, you know, it, right? Super quick TLDR on the story. I texted you about this. The coyote that was in the yard the yeah. other day. Uh, so my wife and I were outside. I was smoking a cigarette, and she was outside potting the dog. And this was at my parents' house. My parents live up in the mountains of where we are, so there's a lot of wildlife up there. And it was night, and their front porch light doesn't illuminate the, the yard a lot. So, all of a sudden, we just heard, like, running paws. That's the, like, it had to be running something. So, being that there are coyotes in the area, and the coyotes have attacked my parents' dog before, my wife grabbed the dog and started to, like, back up. My first instinct was to get up and stand in between whatever mysterious monster was out in the dark and my wife. The entire time, I'm thinking, God, please don't attack me. I have no survival skills here. Like, I had, I, I was like, I have no weapon. I have a cigarette, which I could flick at it, but I got bad aim, so I'd miss. And I have a pretty... Yeah, you'd flick it, and probably the wind would catch it and blow it back, back in your, my eye. And I'd be blinded, <laughs> and my juggler would get bit. So, then it, it well, turned the, out. It, the cigarette would blow back in your face. Kylie would just look at you like... Mm, yeah, yeah, I'm no. sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll um, leave now. <laughs> but yeah, so going back on the Fight Club, uh, David Fincher. Yeah. You know, really not. I mean, this is probably my favorite David Fincher movie. Dude is a good director and everything, but this is, I'd say this is probably his most mainstream. For sure, followed by Seven. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's the most mainstream cult following too because who doesn't know Fight Club? Right. You know, it's still something that can be talked about today with pretty common knowledge with yeah. everybody and there are people still making jokes about the rules of Fight Club. Which there we'll was, be making a bunch of them today. Oh yeah. <laughs> there was a tweet that went viral the other day about the about the rules of Fight Club. You know, so it's still in the mainstay of the of the audience and what's great about it is it's stayed in the in the psyche of, of mainstream audiences but hasn't had to relaunch itself by a reboot or a sequel or a special well, it edition. did have a sequel it had um, a comic book sequel because well yeah it I mean, started out as a, yeah there there's no way to sequelize this right yeah yeah but there was a video game right I don't think I ever played the video I did game. it was an interesting game it was pretty much your cut and dry like fighting game mm -hmm. that was loaded up with uh, Fight Club skins. Of course, yeah. yeah. But anyways, we'll stop discussing this. Uh, reminder of what the movie's about. There's a narrator, first person played by uh, Edward, Edward Norton, Insomniac, delves into the world of Tyler Durden. Street fighting. Yeah. Well, he goes in these uh, sport groups and whatnot and then meets Tyler Durden after some shenanigans. Yep. And, well... If you don't know what the hell this movie is, I mean, at this point it's twenty years old. Like, and you and you saw in the title that we're talking about Fight Club. If you need us to explain it to you at this point, like, might be a good idea to just pull up IMDb on your phone real quick because they can probably tell you better than we can. Yeah, 
So we're, we're really selling this commentary. <laughs> I think once we get into the meat of it. Okay. Yeah, it's so be as it always goes, because we want to give ourselves time to set things up, and I don't feel like editing properly. Go get some food and whatever, and uh, come back, and we will press play. Yes. Lobby, let's all go to the lobby. Hey, right, so let's everybody have their food ready. I really hope somebody's eating pizza rolls with this. Like, I've I've uh, fallen back in love with pizza rolls recently. They're the best. They are the greatest They're food. The best. I used to eat them all the time when I would be playing Magic the Gathering with yeah. friends. It's 2 o'clock in the morning, take a whole big bag, dump it in a cookie sheet, throw it in the oven. Oh, man, like 2.30 in the morning, pizza rolls. Uh, greatest food ever. Yeah. Um, yeah. As long as everybody was ready. If, yeah. If you're not ready, please uh, raise your hand. Yeah, Nick, no. <laughs> We're not waiting for you. So. Yeah, give them whatever, the time whatever. frame we're in. Yeah, so be it on your DVD, computer, digital copy, whatever. Uh, all of the, all the versions are the same, so you can watch however you want to watch. But make sure you're at the very beginning, zero 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 zero. No, no time has elapsed. Yeah. So, and then as soon as we all say play, just hit play. Yep. So three, two, one, and play. Someone asked the other day on Reddit if uh, we were going to get the 20th Century Fox fanfare for Rise of Skywalker, and someone commented, "They're like." Yeah, no, 20th Century Fox had nothing to do with it. Why would they put that yeah. on there? They're like, well, you know, fans want it. And they're like, that's not how business works, dude. No. That's not business. If, if everybody got what fans wanted, then we'd be in a shitload of hurt. <laughs> I mean, at this, I mean, we're not even in the movie yet, so I can ask this question. Do fans even know what they want at this point? No. You know? It, we're fans saying this. Exactly. So, I, I have to say, I... This was one of the first movie soundtracks that I I saw the diversity in it because you know oh, yeah. it was, you know it's one of those you know up until that point you know up until Fight Club well not up until but in the span of movies that came out around Fight Club ninety eight two thousand yeah all soundtracks to movies were were very like how can we make a good mix CD. Well, yeah. You know, because that was the thing is soundtracks well, would But back in that time, like, I think probably the first soundtrack to really chip away at that was probably the Hacker soundtrack. Right, because they went full house music. Yeah. You know? And then I believe Mortal Kombat predates Fight Club. Yes, it does. No, yeah. Mortal Kombat was 97. And that went more industrial and everything. And then, yeah. then this kind of opened the door because it brought the Dust Brothers in. Mm-hmm. And you know how that is. Yep. Great soundtrack, great music, great source material, as we just saw the uh, credit for Chuck there. Yeah. Now, with these, you know, computer-generated, you know, intros like this, you know, this was, you know, CG wasn't what it was now as it was back then. You know, never mind. I'll skip this question because we're jumping into the movie. Yeah. Because someone has a gun in their mouth. Yeah. Do you think... They sanitized the gun in between each take. Probably. <laughs> but also, too, it's it's probably a prop gun. Yeah. Metal-esque. Yeah. 
Yeah, like, what is that like, though? I mean, you know in your head it's a prop gun. You know there's no bullets in there. You just know, like, it is completely 100% safe. But it's still the idea of having a gun in your mouth. Like, uh, what? Like, there has to be, like, a red flag going off in the back of your head a it, little bit. Yeah, because you don't want anything else going off in the back of your head. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it, it probably helps Edward Norton get to where he needs to be. Right. <laughs> you know, and because he's that weird version of, like, half method, half not. Yeah. You know. Because we've heard the ups and downs of working with Edward Norton. Right. Brilliant actor. Kind of a pain in the ass to work with. Yeah. Bitch tits. There's the gif I sent you. <laughs> I've been to quite a few support groups with what I deal with in my mental health and whatnot. Thank God none of them has ever forced, like, embracing each other. Like, well, I don't think that'd be... Even, like, for, like, a sensitivity group and everything yeah. like that... That's, this is more probably for artistic licensing. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Because there's too many people like us that would be in these groups going like, don't even fucking touch yeah, me. Yeah, don't, don't, don't touch I me. I will listen to you talk. I will maybe grab your hand yeah. and go, you're, you're going to be fine, but don't fucking hug me. Yeah. There is one thing in this little bit about his insomnia and the doctor and stuff. The doctor says you need healthy, natural sleep, so we won't prescribe him anything. That's bullshit. You need sleep. You need sleep. If after 103 hours you haven't slept, your body runs the risk of dying. Yeah. That doctor is making a completely wrong call. But that make it a boring movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I understand that. But also, too, if it takes 103 hours to start hallucinating Brad Penn in your life. True. Bring it on. I know a few women who would stay up for 103 hours. Even if I could have the conversations like, so you're Brad Penn. Hey, buddy. Hey. When I first saw this movie, I didn't know what a grande latte was. Well, I think this was, like, in the early stages of... Right, yeah. And, you know, so, like, Starbucks had kind of just become a thing. Yeah. And Ikea catalogs were the shit. Oh, I know. I remember catalogs, man. You know, for every... Every young male, that, that Sears or JCPenney catalog your mom gets is always the, your first porn. I'm sorry. You can edit this. There's not well, long enough pause. <laughs> <laughs> we Don't forget Toys R Us. Remember as a kid? Did you ever I didn't jerk off like, so to Toys R Us, though. Oh, I didn't know <laughs> that's what you were talking about. Okay. Did you mention Victoria's Secret? <laughs> Oh, that was too easy. Obvious. Yeah. I love that he's still in his tie and shirt, but he's in his boxers. Oh, it's one of those end-of-the-day things. And, no, you can't die. Yes, you can die of insomnia, you asshole. Oh, it looks this... like it's a clinic doctor, though, too. He, so he clearly doesn't give a shit. True. Which, what kind of shitty insurance does he have doing his job that he has to be at a fucking clinic? Well... Look how he goes to the freaking support groups and everything. So that clearly shows he probably doesn't have too much of a insurance plan to not like give him proper yeah. mental health care. Yeah, I mean this this doctor is literally just a fulcrum piece to get him further into the story. But that doctor is a piece of shit. Yeah. But like we said too, if he was a good doctor, this would be a boring ass movie. Exactly. Ugh. 
Walking into a support group for the first time is one of the most awkward fucking things ever. Because you're just like, what the fuck am I going to have to do? It's always interesting doing these commentaries and we get to like serious moments like this. It's like, do we make jokes or just let the yeah, movie roll? And, like, <laughs> you know, and you'll end up in a lull and you're just like, wait, what do we talk about? Because it's kind of a serious thing. But also, it too, also cracks. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, but also, too, we're worrying about jokes and everything, but he's crashing freaking sport groups that yeah. he doesn't need to be at. <laughs> it always cracks me up when you see, like, in movies or TV shows, like, the spectrum of people at a support group and, like, people wearing suits and button up shirts and all nice clothes, you know, presumably because I came after work or something. All right. People don't wear that shit at support groups, man. <laughs> like, when I was in sport groups, people were in fucking sweats, gym shorts, what have you. Bitch tits. You know. <laughs> sort of the thing that kind of, I don't know if I would say put Meatloaf back on the map, but it definitely brought him back into the mainstream. Yeah. At this, I mean, he was still very popular at this point. Yeah, but, yeah. Scene, but no one had taken him legitimately serious as an actor. Now they definitely don't take him seriously with his freaking Trump support. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wish it's probably well, called bitch tits. <laughs> that 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 falls into the artist artist, you know, come before their artist, yeah. 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 But but back to what you're talking about, how they these guys are dressed compared to actual ones. It's yeah. like, well, maybe they like to get fancy for their support groups. <laughs> it's so uncomfortable in there already that like wearing an uncomfortable suit jacket would probably just make it aggravating. worse. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, I totally wore polyester to my support group. But uh, but also, too, you're probably sitting in the back room going, like, you're lucky I wore pants. I know, right? <laughs> you're lucky I even got here. Yeah. Oh, oh God, God, no, please, no, God, no, 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 oh, God. I would be combating that shit. Uh, it'd be more of a try to let me go type motorboarding. Yeah, exactly. Motorboating, if I can pronounce correctly. I just want to know <laughs> if there was a take of this that Edward Norton laughed at. Oh, you know there has you know, to be. Because, like, he just, he went into Meatloaf's fake boobs and Meatloaf's, like, caressing him and loving him and stuff. Like, just, you had to Well, if this. I remember correctly, those were, like, beanbags, too. So it's probably almost like a freaking cushion. Oh, I'm sure. Or, or hard beanbags. Yeah. Well, slap you in the face with a hacky sack. <laughs> A big ass hacky sack. <laughs> Dick move, bro. Now no one knows when they're support groups. Well, Dick move. It's not like they don't have other copies. I know. That's why they have pamphlets for those now. <laughs> Oh, I did a meditation class one time at support group. They took us over to the one of the local churches, and that and not because it was a religious meditation. It was just that was the place that That's allowed right. them to use the room. Yeah, you know, and it was, it was, it was by this Jewish rabbi, but like he was like the cool hip youth pastor Jewish rabbi, like Ben Stiller and keeping the faith. 
Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Deep you know, cut. And he uh, <laughs> and he was explaining, he goes, look, like, none of this meditation is religion-based. It's not anything like that, so you don't have to be worried about that. And he was just explaining, like, what the meditation does and how it helps the brain and all this kind of stuff. And then, like, we just went into it, and it was so fucking weird. Like, you know me. I don't sit still for shit. Yeah. I can't not do shit. I had to sit still for 20 fucking minutes. Good lord. Yeah, it was hard as shit, but... Like, they gave you, like, things to do to, like, keep you sitting Focus, down. Yeah. Like, you have to move your fingers a certain way. You have to keep your your breathing in a certain pattern and all this kind of stuff. So there are things to fixate on that allow you to sit still. But, like, fuck, sitting still for 20 goddamn minutes was so hard. Well, we just uh, got through one of the meditations, and they talked about power animals. Yeah. What's your power animal? <sighs> you know... Or your spirit animal, if we want to go that I'm going to have to answer that question in a minute. I have to think about that. Mine uh, is Helen Bartman Carter. She's your power animal? I like to do some power stuff to her. <laughs> no, my power... She was actually... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I love Helen Bartman uh, Carter. She's amazing. She is one of my but, celebrity crushes. Um, and I have a thing for the whole, like, heroin chic look. Like, yeah. I have a thing for that. Like, I realize, like, hey, that's kind of like having a crush on a meth head. But, like... <laughs> Without know, the it's needles. kind of hot. Yeah. yeah. My power animal would be Mario from Glove and Boots. Not sure what kind of animal he is. Oh, okay, so you're not choosing an animal. You're choosing a thing. Like well, a mine, little... mine is a thing. He, so, he can, he's a, well, he, you're choosing a specific m- m- thing. Like Mario's kind of a mammal. You're not saying it's like, you're not saying a gopher. You're saying like a like a per, like a like like an entity. No, you could be an animal. It could be the Caddyshack gopher. No, I'm going with a character because you gave that door to me now. I'm going yeah. with a character. Okay. Well, my power animal is Mario from Glove and Boots. Alright. Let me see. I gotta show you the video of Glove and Boots when somebody actually wrote in and said Mario was their spirit animal. Oh, God. <laughs> and then Mario went into this whole spirit animal headdress thing going on, and <laughs> Fafa had to explain what a spirit animal was. Nice. It ends with a nice little Harry Potter riff. <laughs> Very true. I... I, I can't say... Because a spirit animal is supposed to be something that you embrace for power, right? Yeah. Okay, uh, then I can't use that person. Yes. Um, Gerard Way. Nice. I'm going to go with Gerard Way. Gerard Way is my spirit animal. Because we can keep talking because I don't want to really comment on what's going on right now. This this uh, this little awkward... Oh, I think this is hilarious because this is the first time they ever... They had... In a movie full of uncomfortabilities, we've gone 13 minutes with zero uncomfortability so far. Oh, yeah. To just turn around and be like, hey, by the way, this dying bitch wants to get laid. Yeah. Like, that was like, oh, fuck. We're really going there. <laughs> yeah. Everybody does. <laughs> yeah. What's Amal Nitrate? I don't know. Google. <laughs> so this is going to end up in my search history. <laughs> if anybody asks, <laughs> it was for the podcast. Amyl nitrate. Ah, it helps for anal sex. I gathered. Yeah, it's a popper. It's a type of popper slang given broadly to the chemical class. Whatever the hell. It's inhaled. You snort. Okay. It relaxes the body for anal sex. Q 
kinky. <laughs> That's funny. Wikipedia led me to the one for fuel. What? Yeah. Apparently, amyl nitrate is used to enhance ignition fuel. Ignition improver, accelerating the ignition of the fuel. So I think both of them are pretty... <laughs> both are leading to fire. Yeah. Fire in the hole! Oh, yeah, fire in the hole! <laughs> See, I, I will, like, I wonder how this guy's life went from here on out. Because, you know, he was walking towards Marla, and then yeah, he, Edward Norton, because he has no name. Got cock-blocked. Got cock-blocked, yeah. So now he, like, had to walk away, like. I think he probably hooked up with Chloe. What happened to him? Oh, we have already covered that. <sighs> You're a tourist too, Edward. Yeah. <laughs> Don't need to call her out on it. <laughs> I would have to practice too. Because you're hot. <laughs> <laughs> I think this was like the first movie I can remember seeing her in. Mm -hmm. And going like, who dat? Well, <laughs> wasn't this her first American movie? I believe so. I believe so. she was very popular in England yeah, yeah. before this. And it's probably where Tim Burton met her. Probably. Or became aware of her. That must have been a hell of a crazy relationship at the dinner table. Yeah. She probably smells like regret and cigarettes. Yeah. She's that method. <laughs> <laughs> I was reading in the IMDb trivia for this one. The way that she put her makeup on her had the makeup artist do it. Mm -hmm. they, she had the makeup artist put it on with her left hand instead of her right hand, the prominent hand. Nice. Because she figured that would be kind of the way Marla would do her makeup, yeah. not really giving a shit. Yeah. Basically doing the makeup, but also kind of like whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because tuberculosis is a smoking illness. Don't remind me. I'm trying to quit. Trust me. The ideas of all the cancers that I might be getting <laughs> go over in my head every time I light a cigarette. I still don't understand how people could do that, but I know they could turn around and sell it in, like, major cities. Yeah. But still, that that's that's a little bit of a line to go, like, I'm still in someone's fucking clothes from the washing machine. <laughs> yeah. I'm really fucking someone over here. <laughs> yeah. They never say what city this actually takes place in, do they? Well, there's a lot of... Speculation. Yeah. Well, not really speculation. I think it's more just ambiguity. Yeah. That, that's the right you word. You know words. Yes, I do. And I say them very carefully. Yeah. <laughs> ambiguity. Ambiguity. Because you know our history with nowhere in me butchering words. <laughs> Giggliotti. <laughs> Giggliotti. Giggliotti. I wonder if that was a play on bowel cancer. Right. <laughs> I 
Is that a crack on my cock? <laughs> as far as I know, I think that was computer-generated cars. Probably. Yeah, because that's too... Too fast. To too, be, too fast and yeah. too, like, close yeah. quarters. <laughs> And that's why he became the narrator. Yeah. Until later. Minus having to check out death all the time. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind a job like this. Just constant travel? Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Used to be for me, like I thought that too, but I don't think that. Then you did it. <laughs> yeah. And then I did it. Well, I think there's certain people that would have that, and then it, that happens, and then it's finally like, ah, oh, fuck, fuck this shit. <laughs> yeah. It really boils down to like what your life is, where you're at. You know, if <laughs> if you're not one of those people who really cares about where they live, you know, if like not like where they really live, but like. You know, you can sleep anywhere, and you can be anywhere, then yeah. But if you're one of those, like, comfort whole people, it doesn't work for you. Well, kind of going back to his little single servings uh, monologue there. Mm-hmm. This will kind of show you the state of mind I was in when I was attempting my mission for church. Mm. In an audio podcast using air quotes again. <laughs> I do that all the time. Yep. That's a nowhere staple. Yep. I wrote in my journal the entire time my travels to Utah, mm-hmm. and I was quoting Fight Club the entire time, talking about, oh, met my single-serving friend for this leg of the trip. You're so angsty. Yeah. Well, need I remind you, I was attempting a mission for my church yes. that only lasted six days before insomnia and realizing, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> yep. Kicked in. Weren't you supposed to be in Seattle? Yeah. So I'm gone. <laughs> To Seattle, not my mission. <laughs> mission. Mission's way out the window now. Right. No, give it a try. Totally do it. Um, do we need to rewind to my little fuck rant a couple moments ago? <laughs> All of them. Right. Actually, that's not that's not a lie. He would be working for multiple car companies. Yeah, because he would be an independent contractor. Yeah. The reason I don't like flying. I don't have this fear when I fly. Honestly, I don't either. <laughs> My thing I hate flying is the fucking leg room. Like, that is very true. That is some gnarly I am a shit. Six foot two male. Ooh. That does not. Those seats do not seat me. It is Tyler Durton time. Tyler who? Durton. Durton. I don't know. <laughs> Remember when everybody tried to replicate that haircut after this movie came out? Yeah. It's an yeah. interesting look. Oh, yeah. Mix of a uh, 70s and... Well, I don't really think 70s. I think it's just more... He, it's him giving himself a haircut. 
Yeah. And since he's so fucking cool, yeah. <laughs> he can make it look that way. <laughs> if it was one of us doing that, <laughs> we'd look like we're mentally ill. <laughs> See, when we had first met, I could have done that with my hair. Yeah. I had enough hair to do it back then. I could do it too. Now, now I'm not even up to par with Edward Norton. I, I finally came to the... Uh, uh, what would be the realization? Word? Realization, acceptance. That I can go one on the trimmer now. <laughs> go down. Yeah, I can go down almost to bicking it. If you ever do bicket, I want to be here when you do that. Okay. <laughs> Keep that on note. Durden. Sorry, Durden. Tyler Durden. What'd you say? Durden. I didn't even pay attention. Sorry about that. Someone was. I would have called you out on that a lot sooner. Tyler Durden. You know how many people probably saw this movie and got that comment and thought, and thought, ooh, can I? Well, it's like the anarchist cookbook, you know? Like, you go back and look at that. And, and that bullshit helm. I mean, the thing is, is like everything in that book is accurate. Like, it does work. But it's volatile as shit. It's yeah. completely unstable. You're gonna blow something up. Yeah, you're gonna blow yourself up before you blow up your intended target. I remember on the DVD uh, version of this, the early DVD copies of this, and it's probably on this Blu-ray, mm-hmm. the public service announcements that they did. Oh yeah. Yeah, and the one I remember really well was Brad Pitt seriously talking to the camera, ending it with. No one has the right to touch you in your bathing suit area. (laughs) (laughs) The second worst part about flying. God, I hate that part. The first part is customs, if you're coming from international. But also, too, there's certain airports that have their customs down to a T. LAX is not one of them. Which is funny because LAX is one of the biggest international airports in the country. They still don't have an unlock. Dildo. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I know I've probably mentioned a couple times where I work, but I will not mention it in this statement just in case if it falls back in my lap. My next shift, I have harassment training coming up. Oh, that should be fun. Oh, it's going to be a blast. Because <laughs> from what everybody makes it sound like, you can't... The sarcasm is an issue now. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm fucked. <laughs> in, in, in a consensual way, I'm fucked. <laughs> this is why I really wish that we, as a society, could agree... So I'll come together under one umbrella and disagree not to talk to each other at work. Like all, I gotta talk to people. All direction Good that you Lord. need for your day, your shift is all given to you on a piece of paper in the beginning. Sort this, do that. Box this, box that. You know, you box those, you ship those. You box those, you ship those. You know, anything. But like, we agree, we don't have to fucking talk to each other. Cause like, that would be great for me. All of his lovely items. 
They're like the guy's trying the elevator and he's all pissed off he can't get it. <laughs> like, motherfucker, your fucking apartment complex is on fire. Why do you want to go back up there? I'm not on that floor. <laughs> Fuck that shit. <laughs> I got like, a quiche in the oven. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> You're going to burn my creme brulee. Five, five, five. I think that's a fake number. She gave you a fake number, fucker. <laughs> <laughs> she Hollywooded your ass. Yeah. I, I, that's the one thing I love about movies sometimes, how they try to play with that whole concept. Yeah. Either they'll have the first three numbers be a real number, and then some noise or something will screw with the last four. Right. Go five, five, five. Or some, sh- some movies and shows like Scrubs did it with the, the Call Turk. Mm-hmm. That was a real phone number. Yeah, and people were able to call it. Um, and then also to, I forget the name of the show, it, uh, Undateable or something. Mm-hmm. They had a number where you could call it, and it went live. Nice for their final season, and everybody had the phone on set off and on. And I tried, I tried. Nice. And then I'd call the number like at two in the morning, just hopefully not waking someone up. Yeah, <laughs> because that'd be. Some poor intern going, the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> so one night when I couldn't sleep, when I was younger, I got it in my head. I don't know why I decided to do this. I decided to start calling random 1-800 numbers. And this was at like probably 1 o'clock in the morning, our time. So yeah. 4 o'clock Eastern. I just started dying random 1-800 numbers because they're toll-free. Oh, yeah. You know? So... Didn't get through, didn't get through, didn't get through. Finally ended up getting somebody. And the guy was a security guard at a at a at a business that he was a tw- there was a twenty four hour security guard present at all times. I got him and he was like, Hey man, can I help you? And I was like, Oh shit, um No and then I just much like the kids with the prank did to you. Yeah. I straight up told him what I was doing. It's like, dude, I'm sorry. I live on the West Coast, I've got insomnia right now. I just, I got bored, decided to start calling random 1-800 numbers. He goes, you're the first person I've talked to in three and a half hours. I was like, hey, okay. Same here. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and how old were you at this time? 17. So, okay. I was about to say, did he ask you, how old are you? <laughs> yeah. No, we just, like, he just told me, like, what he does, and that was pretty much it. That's cool. Yeah. Can't remember what his name was. I think it started with a D. Devin. Devin. We'll say Devin. Hey, Devin. And Devin's listening right now going, Oh, I remember that. He's like, that kid got me fired. (laughs) (coughs) Now I can track him. Where is this nowhere California they speak of? (laughs) Right? Google it. I don't ever think I'll own a duvet. You do own a duvet. I do? Do you own a comforter? No, I don't. I don't. Shit. You're right. You don't own a comforter. Well, you're going to make a motor comforter eventually, right? Okay. Then you're going to own a duvet. Okay. It's just, it happens. But there's a difference between a duvet and a comforter. It's all in the frills. No, a duvet covers... The comforter, such as like a like a down comforter, mm-hmm. 
they're typically just white. Yeah. You get the duvet. It's kind of like a pillowcase. You get the duvet, and it covers that. So then you can add it to your decor. So it's a blanket condom. Yes. So you're going to own a blanket condom. Yeah. Crawl inside. Like a tauntaun. <laughs> as long as I'm protecting something. <laughs> so you know what you do is you wear a condom inside the duvet, and then it's like Dickception. <laughs> Would that be like double bagging it? Right? <laughs> God, you know what? I hate how much smoking is in this movie. It makes me want to go fucking smoke, but I can't because we can't stop. <laughs> nope. <laughs> we have no way to sync up the end. I sync it up as well as I can. <laughs> I try. So that's the reason I kind of tilted the microphone towards you. Do you want me to suck your dick? <laughs> what are you talking about? You said foreplay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> And a movement was born. I know, right? <laughs> How many times have you seen this little clip at the beginning of a 20th Century Fox DVD when they, like, for between, like, cock? Okay, so I have something <laughs> to say about this, Euro, real quick. Yeah. So the cigarette burn thing is real. That is a legit projectionist Oops. thing. However, if he, is in, if he is only splicing in one single frame of pornography... It doesn't work. It doesn't work. The sound would. You would get the little blip of sound, yeah. but you would not see any of the video because the frames are moving through the projector at 24 frames per second. So removing just one single frame and putting in a, a porno frame, I'm doing the work. Now, also, if he added a frame but didn't remove a frame to put that frame in, now the, now the sound audio is off for the rest of the movie by, like, one tenth of a second. Y'all just got learned. You got you got projectioned. <laughs> what the words for this moment here? Yeah. Oh yeah, it's totally, just one of those little kids yeah. going like, "Did I just see cock?" Yeah. What is cock? <laughs> and a lesbian was born. Right. <laughs> it's Fight Club, people. These jokes are going to happen. I have to have people watch. <laughs> That's why you sometimes see me with sock puppets. <laughs> That's one of the dumbest and oldest jokes I got. <laughs> yeah, you've, you've fallen onto that one quite a few times. <laughs> yeah. Still funny. <laughs> because it's awkward as fuck. <laughs> so let's do this after. Am I hitting first or are you hitting first? For both of our sake, we probably should hit at the same time. 
<laughs> that, yeah, that will go over really well. We'll just end up hitting fists. <laughs> Ironically enough, and this is this is going to be so stupid to say, my friend and I actually almost contemplated doing this with each other. Like one like one night we were hanging out and we actually contemplated like actually physically getting in a fight with each other, mm-hmm. just to like get it out of our system and just to like. You know, kind of have that, like, ex- you know, acceleration of adrenaline and stuff. Yeah, to see what happened. And then we decided not to. We're like, oh, no, we'll do it. <laughs> because know. we have brains. <laughs> well, no, like, it wasn't like we have brains. It was just like, you know, we'll do it, you know, some other time, you know, because we just decided not to do that. And then he got in a car accident and broke his jaw and had to have his jaw wired shut for six months. So it kind of took the whole idea out of the, out of the you know, picture. Well, kind of to jump into this one, uh, supposedly before they did the punch to the ear, yeah. uh, Fincher pulled Norton aside and said, hit him. Don't pull your punch. Oh, hit shit. him. Just really hit him in the ear. So when Brad Pitt's reacting, the pain's real. Yeah. And how Edward looks like he's about ready to crack up. It's yeah. him going, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if we did this, it'd be a lot more slapping and yeah. probably some <laughs> urine. <laughs> a lot of tears. <laughs> This just is a, a bad lot, idea. Just, just a lot of just a lot of hamster balling, <laughs> yeah. armadilloing. Whose idea was this? It was yours, you stupid fuck. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't have any. I know. I can't get the hair on you. Yeah, you have to pull beard. <laughs> Our balls. Straight for the dick. <laughs> yeah. See, I'm the kind of guy like. I would like to live here. Oh, yeah. Like, that would be cool as shit, like, to live in a place it, like if this. If I remember correctly, I think this was a practical location. Probably. Where they were worried about freaking getting electrocuted, issues. I would tell... What's funny is when, uh, when Monique and I, you know, met back up on Facebook and started talking again, and she was going to come down to my apartment for the first time in Hollywood, she imagined... Uh, you know, a kind of janky Hollywood apartment with, yeah, with like you know brick and stuff like that. You know, and then she got in my apartment. And was like, oh, okay, and I, you know, I was like, I almost lived in a place like that. Two buildings next door to mine was where I was originally gonna go, and I loved the apartment. It was all brick, you know, walling and everything, and old warped hardwood floors and shit, just like my fucking jam. But, but the chalk outline on the floor. No, I would have been totally fine with the chalk outline. I probably would have put my bed there. Yeah. But, like, it, the I needed to move in by January, and the apartment wasn't available until March. It was on the fifth floor, and there was no oh, elevator. Nice it was fifth floor, no elevator, and it didn't have air conditioning. Oh, that that's a key thing. Yeah. I remember going to Hawaii, and anybody that would visit me in my hotel yeah. and everything, they'd be like, you got air conditioner? I'm like, yeah. Why? They're like, we went Airbnb. We got no air conditioner. Yeah, don't go Airbnb, dude. At least, at least know you have an air conditioner. Yeah. <laughs> Airbnb is good. I get the concept of Airbnb, and like, I under, like, I, but I will never. Like, if I am staying somewhere that is not my place, I want it to be a fucking hotel. I want the crazy bed sheets, the the crazy pillows, the weird awkward. I just. And I don't have to clean up after myself, you know, when I go to... I well, mean, technically, you be don't respect, have to... Be respectful. You know, don't well, move shit all over you, the place. You can... Like, clean, I don't have to make the bed. You don't have to clean up after yourself at an Airbnb, but also, too, the difference between an Airbnb and hotel. 
if you put your dick somewhere, you don't have to worry about somebody else touching later. Somebody cleans a little bit afterwards. I mean, I'm not really any putting my, well, where, who are these people that just put their dicks on things in hotels? Is that like a thing? Like, oh man, I'm so glad I made it back from the airport. Zip. Flop, 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 Before flop. I leave, I always do it to the remote. <laughs> just flopping dick all over the hotel room? Well, right here, a lot of people, there's a theory that he's Jack. The narrator is Jack. Yeah, yeah. These scenes here where, you know, we'll start calling him Jack. Mm-hmm. This kind of was the inspiration behind the initial novel. When Chuck wrote the novel, he was camping. He went over to a different campsite kind of telling him, like, hey, could you turn your radio down? And they proceeded to kick his ass. No, oh, Jesus. He went to work the following week. No one asked him about any of his injuries. Oof. And it kind of made him think, like, what did they think I was doing where they don't want to ask? Right. Yeah. And it led to Fight Club. So, all you struggling writers out there. Go get your ass kicked. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, just this, the slightest ideas can spring something big. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Look at this show. I get married. That's an interesting way to make coffee. If that's exactly what he's doing. It's a filter. There should be a polar opposite to fight club. The guys that don't want to fight. The guys off to the side. I'm like, uh, we're, we're good. Yeah, Watch Club, yes. Hey, she's back. <laughs> what else do Edward Norton hasn't been along in a while. Doug had to step away for a moment, so the voice you're about to hear is a little bit more feminine than his. <laughs> How'd that go? Feminine. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And this is your first time, like, fully in front of the mic. Yes, it is. Yeah. Kim, everybody, everybody, Kim. Hello. Hi. I apologize to you all in yeah. advance. Yeah. I don't know why, but I've done that that teeth gritting thing to people a lot behind their backs or just, like, anytime anybody tells me to smile or something, I usually do that teeth bearing, like, <laughs> Like the, the forced fake smile? Yeah. 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 Oh, man, this is a bad time for Doug to be away because this is a very <laughs> pivotal point right here. Because we're going inside. It, it's going from the parking lot to indoors. But he may be back for the very uh, climactic portion of this moment. <laughs> when they actually go in the basement? Oh, no. I'm talking about the owner of the place showing uh. up. If I remember the name correctly, Stu. Stu? Stu. <laughs> you want to use your building, Stu? 
We were talking about the Fight Club video earlier. I do remember that they had a character with the dude with the chops. The the guy with the gray hair, the Oh, really? Yeah. Well, like we said, the Fight Club video game was pretty much a your basic fight club uh, fighting video game, but they more than likely just ported some different costumes and skins to make it What platform was it on? Oh, it was on all platforms. Oh. Yeah. Second rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. The third rule is you do your best and try hard. <laughs> was that Freddie Mercury that just took his shoes off? He was dead. Well, I know. <laughs> that guy just at a glance. And I don't think it was Rami Malek because I think he is probably in his teens during this <laughs> during this movie. <laughs> but Jared Leto's in this movie. Yes. And that's the interesting part. And it makes you think about people you see in everyday life. Like the random dude that works the register at Target or something like that. Does he have it in him to do this type of thing? Not like sociopath going around just beating the shit out of people just <laughs> for his own thrills. But, but to go, actually be part of a fight club. Yeah. 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 Well, like you see right here where the, I'm guessing the Mel boy is a member. Yeah, he just gave a nod. <laughs> gave a little nod, gave a little hey. The waiter here, broken nose and all, kind of the stunt double for Edward Norton, if Edward Norton had his goatee. <laughs> Wait, what? If Edward Norton had his goatee. Is that guy a stunt double? Well, you look a little like Edward Norton. Oh, I see what you're getting at. Yeah. Oh, well, since you're in front of the mic, and this give, give us a kind of a different aspect, what celebrity would you fight? What celebrity would I fight? Yeah. <laughs> um. Hmm. I'll give you, you can think about it as we move along. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Who did you say? Uh, I forget who I said in our initial episode about Fight Club earlier this year, but uh, Doug sticks with Vin Diesel, i.e. reminder, contest, poster, facebook.com slash Network California. Message us and tell us who Doug would want to fight. <laughs> you're disqualified from the contest now since you're part of this episode. Oh, thanks a lot. <laughs> Um, hmm. I don't know. Um, I, I probably, I don't want to go with a go-to answer like Justin Bieber or Trump. Yeah. No, I'd probably pick someone that's like, like a little bitty female, kind of like, like Dakota Fanning, right? She's yeah. like this little tiny girl. Yeah. And I could snap her like a toothpick. Yeah. But Dakota Fanning's but she's nice. Cute. Yeah, and she's nice. So I would have a hard time, but I would have yeah. to visualize her as her character from Twilight. Yeah. I'd be, because I like to punch her in the face. That, that'd be kind of like me saying I'd fight Zach Braff. Oh, okay. <laughs> nice dude and everything. Yeah. But I could probably take him. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Zach Braff's my, listening to this right now, like, fuck you! <laughs> my reasoning is based on. Being able to survive the fight. The ability <laughs> yeah. of survival, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Doug's opposite because he said, like, more than likely Vin Diesel would rip me a new one, but I'd get some good looks in. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't even want to try. Yeah. I don't know. 
I would, but I would want to fight somebody that deserves to have their ass kicked, though. Oh, that's fair. But what celebrity? Well, <laughs> I, more let me retract that. Yeah. <laughs> Do not answer. <laughs> and then the list goes on and on lately. Yeah. Louis C.K., Harvey Weinstein, Donald Trump. Donald Trump. He, he's he's a quasi celebrity, even as a president. Well, yeah. But yeah. Gandhi would be a good fight. <laughs> Hell no. He would use the force. <laughs> Gandhi's a Jedi, okay. <laughs> yeah. He's, I mean, just his, like, mental strength alone. True. God, that's the one part I would not like is my teeth falling out. Uh-huh. <laughs> Brad Pitt has nunchuck skills. Was that really him? I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> oh, okay. Brad Pitt's that kind of weird dude that would be down to doing nunchuck skills and whatnot. And going like, like we need you in the background doing something. He's like, you got nunchucks. <laughs> <laughs> she says that really sexy. I cheated. I was telling Bonham Carter, she's freaking awesome. Yeah. She has that voice, even her American accent, her British accent, any accent. Because she has a good Irish accent in her, too. Huh. Yeah, I'd do her. I'd watch. I'd let you. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> She has some really fucked up lines in this movie. <laughs> There's one coming up that we'll discuss. But just her delivery, just her mental state. <laughs> and if I remember correctly, I think they had to pose for these shots. They weren't probably fully naked, but they... To get the proper angles and movement and everything correct. Is this an extended version, or have I just never seen, like, the actual, like... Well, we've discussed this before. How long has it been since you've seen this movie all the way through? I feel like I just watched it recently. Or that. Well, those are kind of throwaway scenes, too. No. Knowing there's asking, boobs. Is this an extended version? No, this is the regular This cut. is, like, the theatrical... Yeah. Uh, yeah. I guess um, I just don't remember. Which is surprising. Yeah. Because boobs. Yeah. <laughs> and cock. Yeah. What are you doing in my house? Come on over, baby.
Look who's back. It's me. And he's here for sex. Sexy sex stuff. Yeah. Or the lead into it, because we, we, we saw the sexy sex stuff. Oh, I missed the sexy sex stuff? That weird, like, acid trip. Yeah, see, what's funny is, like, that never did anything. For, as much as I had a crush on Helena Bonham Carter as a kid, that, sh- that never did anything for me, because I knew it wasn't real. Yeah. Like, it was all just animated. So I was like, eh, I'm good. I don't need to jerk off to Cock. Right? On the counter. Or table. Bookshelf. Dresser. It's <sighs> a big one, though, man. Yeah. It'd be a threat to me. The girthy son of a bitch. Doesn't even want to lock her partner. Oh, why bother? I And a... No, I think it's a sub recipe. Oh, really? Yeah. Or it could be coffee. Coffee soap. Yeah. There's such thing. There's. Oh, yeah. uh, so we missed the line. Which one? I haven't been fucked that hard since grade school. No, that comes up later. Like, like just a little bit. Or I'm jumping the gun, like I always do. I think, yeah, I think you're jumping the gun. The fuck's my problem? Pretty sure we would have caught that line. Yeah. True. That robe looks so fucking uncomfortable. Yeah. Here oh, here we go. The, well, the probably known story for that line, but I'll reiterate here because it's commentary. The original line was, I want to have your abortion. Yeah. And one of the studio heads like, no fucking way. Yeah, you can't. Yeah. But made the stupid deal of, replace it with whatever line, and we won't replace that line. Yes. So it was replaced with, I haven't been fucked that hard since grade school. Studios. And the studio was like, the fuck? Studios just like, they're one of those like big dick swingers. Yeah. And forget that like, they're, you know, <laughs> there's swing back on that dick, buddy. Yeah. And you get dick slapped, and it's not fun. Yeah. Because they showed him that line, and like you said, the studio was like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Still a better line, though. Yeah, no. <laughs> and Brad Pitt and Helen Bonham Carter, like, actually went into the ADR studio and, and recorded s- several hours. <laughs> that most of it wasn't even used. Yeah. <laughs> it was probably them just having too much fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty much how do we make commentary above that lovely noise? Right? Yeah. It's like there's nothing to talk about. Yeah. And originally the studio told him to take the gloves off. 
but it tested very well because everybody started laughing as yeah. soon as they saw the gloves going like, what the fuck are yeah. they doing? Why do they need gloves? Protection. Especially dish gloves. Yeah. Like, doctor's gloves I get, leather gloves I get, you know, there's kinks for those, but like, dish gloves? Yeah, yeah. I never know. Where? There? Some of it, yeah. <laughs> I thought it was bleeding again. See, the thing, okay, I get psychologically what's happening and all this kind of stuff, but, like, his, like, the descent into this, like, weird madness that he's in, like, doesn't, I mean, it doesn't make sense. Like, kind of. It kind of doesn't make sense. Like, one, he's still getting paid from his job. Yeah. So, like... One, they said come back with some clean clothes. Why didn't he just go get new clothes or go get his current clothes dry cleaned? What's he doing with all his money? Second, like, this... I, I don't know. Just this weird, like, disconnection from who he is is just... Yeah. I wish they would have, like... Well, it's, like, right here, too, where he's, like, thinking, oh, God, they think I did it. Yeah. Like, I just wish... I just wish, like... Maybe they had cut down the the beginning with the whole support group stuff. Like instead of making that like a full fifteen minutes, maybe have made that like but also eight or two, nine minutes and spend that extra six minutes kind of showing his decline into this weird mental state that he's in. Because the way that's shown and the way it's edited and kind of presented to us is it's it's practically an instant flip over. I mean, obviously there has been some days that have passed, probably a, presumably a couple weeks. You know, but the but way that, it's showing, it just is like a light switch. He just but goes, remember who's talking here and who's watching this right now is us. Right. I understand that. Captain OCDs when it comes to this type of thing. Right. The normal person watching this is like, oh, this dude's fucked. Right. Mainstay audience. Yeah. You yeah. Know. And That's why you're sitting here listening to us ramble. Right. What's funny is, like, at this point, like, he would have known he was already a suspect. The person who owns the location is automatically prime suspect number one in yeah. these cases until evidence proves otherwise. True. You know, so he would have been told don't leave town when they get, file his initial report. And I think that dress is hot. And technically, I think he has left town, or at least city limits. Right. Wherever this lovely abode is. Yeah, uh, presumably downtown somewhere. Downtown you know, clusterfuck. Yeah, yeah. You know, just off Skid Row. Yeah. Left of parts unknown. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Near the city limits of Dudleyville. Do we want to keep going to the wrestling references? No, I'm out. Okay. I'm out. I think if I had prepared a little more, yeah. maybe I would have had some, but... I don't Stop think there's really any other, like, fake 
Oh, Sin City. Can't remember how they referenced Sin City. Yeah. Be careful with that, please. Near my dick. Right. <laughs> Ugh, I could have made a really bad joke right now, but I'm not. We'll keep that to your imaginations. Yeah. Just self-deprecating humor at that. But he's sign languaging it to me now, and it's pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fucked up dinner table. <laughs> Knowing the twist now. Don't. Do we want to. Do we. I mean, I assume if they're listening to our commentary, they've seen the movie. Yeah, so my apologies. Oh, you haven't seen this movie? No, I have. I made oh, the okay. comment earlier, like, maybe we shouldn't reveal it yet. So, uh, yeah. But, I mean, yeah, that's... To, you, no, you got, you got a very we, valid point there, though. I mean, we don't even have to reveal what the twist is. All I'm saying is, with what the twist is coming up within the next half an hour, 45 minutes... Yeah. The interactions between Everybody. the three of them in this house and the way it's shot and edited together, when you go back and see it after knowing the twist... Oh, yeah. Like, it's all fucking there. You know, but it's it's much like Sixth Sense. Like, it was shot and filmed knowing but what that's the twist the, was. that's the screwed up thing, and I was going to delve into that when we get to that point. But I'll say it right now. Like, I guess Sixth Sense. I knew Sixth Sense by the trailer. When I first watched Fight Club and got to that reveal, yeah. I was blown away. Yeah. And also, too, I'm kind of blown away by freaking uh, Brad Pitt's, like, ab leg thing. His uh, Adonis V. Yeah, where it's like, fuck you. <laughs> You gotta work hard for that. I like my donuts. <laughs> yeah. It's much harder work to keep this. It's much more funner. <laughs> Sean. So knowing what we know. Knowing what we know. We don't have to reference it. But yeah. Knowing what we know. This would have been a scene to definitely see in the reveal. <laughs> yeah. Like, how how did he pull this off? Like, yeah, the bag ripping is a given, but... Right. Doing all that shit himself. Ooh. This is a gnarly scene coming up. <laughs> Eagle Scout, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, I mean, some of the craziest people were Boy Scouts. Maybe one of them. I got the second class. I never got. I never got to do that. My parents didn't let me. Lucky you. I wanted to. I wanted to. It was such a. I could go psychological with it, but I'm not going to. But you know, my parents, my parents didn't let me. They didn't like the the lady who was in charge of the local troop, and so I wasn't allowed to join. Yeah. Overall, I'd say you you lucked out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I more. I more wanted it. Because well, I didn't have any friends. Exactly. So I wanted a yeah. place where like I knew other kids would be. And yeah. it would be common ground because we're doing the exact same thing. Well, I had like a stream of like when it was a revolving door of leaders. Mm. Kinky. Revo revolving door of leaders and then they find ow. God. And then also too with what we know. He's doing this to himself. Mm -hmm. Good lord. 
This is where Mario would be a good power animal. <laughs> He'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Not the greatest moment in my life. I'm in fucking pain. Right. <laughs> this is actually probably my favorite scene in the movie. Oh no, it's amazing. It's an iconic scene. It's one of those scenes that you build. Yeah. Up for and other people to watch when they're watching it for the right. first time. And to, it, for me, it's not even Edward Norton's performance in this scene because he is playing this really well. Yeah. But it's 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 Brad Pitt's. Stream. Yeah, it's just it's the way it's the way he's commanding the conversation. It's the way that he never looks away from him. He locks he keeps eyes with him the entire time. Yeah. He's holding him still, but he's not like death gripping him. You know, it's just and then there's this. You know, and it just changes the complete dynamic of the scene. Tyler Durden is one of my f- my favorite fictional characters written not in the vein of like oh I look up to Tyler Durden or I, you know but it's like, a well defined well character built character so, yeah yeah it's I think with the with the lack of knowledge that we have of Jack yeah and we know nothing about him even in the end of the movie we still know nothing about him you know with all of that lack of knowledge with everything we get about Tyler to then find out the twist with Jack, it's crazy to see such a well-developed, well-defined character coming out of the creation of a very one-dimensional character. Yeah, you know, and for that, lack of a better term, it's one-dimensional. I can't—he's not a one-dimensional character, but for for storyline purposes, at this point in the movie, he is a very one-dimensional character. But a lot of that has to do one with Fincher, yeah, source material. But a big, big plate of it has to go to Brad Pitt, yeah. Because he developed the character that is an iconic fucking character. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure it's known. Like I'm sure there's information out there, but I didn't, you know, really read too much before doing this. I wonder how long the rehearsal time was that they had for this. Like. I wouldn't be surprised if it was very minimal. Yeah, I mean, I can see that, but I. Especially for uh, Brad Pitt's interactions with everybody. Yeah. He meant him and Edward probably had like some pretty good. Yeah, I, I guess time. rehearsal's the wrong word. Development time. Yeah. Like how many conversations did Fincher and and Pitt have in the development of the character? How much conversation did Pitt and Norton have? All three of them. What was Helena Bonham Carter's influence on it? I for that I would say probably every day. Yeah. Because they probably were finding new nuances every day, going like, ooh. Try this. Right. Well, no, let's try Let's do this a little differently. See, now the other thing, too, I've noticed with this is unless they're in the kitchen or he's at work. Once we move into Fight Club territory with the basement, we don't know what time of day it is. Very true. Like, it becomes a very... Uh, or even how many days have passed. Yeah. Which is really well built for the story because you're it's supposed to be in like this constant state of what the fuck. Yeah. I mean, the movie does do a really good job 
of pulling you in, pushing you out, pulling you in, pushing you out. There's Dirty. these, there's the, yeah, <laughs> there's these moments like this where nothing's really happening. You're not on the edge of your seat. You know, it's very just one, two character talking moment. Hey, if I get to and touch Helen Bottom Carter's breast, I'd be on the edge of my seat. Well, that's in the movie. You're not doing it right now. I can imagine. Well, okay. Don't crush this. <laughs> but right now there's not, yeah, there's there's no, so you're relaxing a little bit, but then in like, 30 seconds they're gonna throw in a little bit and it gets cranked it up it gets cranked up and then you relax again and then once you move into the world after the reveal it's 100 miles an hour the entire time oh exactly so yeah. it does this really jarring thing of relaxation pull in relaxation pull in till all of a sudden you get slapped in the face bitch tits <laughs> You know, you get slapped in the face with this forward momentum, and it's go, go, go the rest of the time. Oh, true. You know, so it... it, it well, it's a, it's a pure definition of a roller coaster movie. Right. Because you're... The first time... After seeing this movie for the first time, with as much, like, roller coaster as it was, yeah, it was exhausting to watch the first time. You know, you're... Not so much is going on. Yeah, so, yeah, and then you're stuck thinking about it afterwards, and... and you know, and, and everything else that you, it takes like an hour to recover from watching this movie for the first time. You know, so he didn't let him tell the third rule: do your best and have fun. Right. Make sure you're having fun, everybody. Yeah. Donuts on Tuesday. Meatloaf has a very interesting fighting technique there to show kind of not really, I'd say, Lenny of Mice and Men level he's at. Yeah. But innocent. Yeah. Just looking for that place to belong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very much the, I mean, it's, it's, it's the dumb, the dumb guy doing what he can to be accepted with the cool kids. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's a very skewed universe in this. Yep. You know, in this setting. So we gotta ignore the third role tonight. No one can have fun. Yeah. Everybody has homework. Pop quiz. There's a dude that works at the Circle K in there. You're thinking too highly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the thing is you're... Well, but this shows... I mean, this kind of talk that Tyler Durden is giving, all of these things that he says, is total cult leader rhetoric. Oh, yeah. He's taking the disenfranchised, the, the outcasts, the people who are looked down upon, put upon, and told that they mean nothing, and he's waxing poetic about how they're the backbone of the universe. They're the backbone of uh, everything. Oh, look in that background. Jared Leto, you're, yeah. you are something. Yeah. You know, they're the, they're, they're the, 
you know, they're the shining flowers of the world. It's it's total cult leader mentality. You know, at the at the root of it, Tyler Durden is a cult leader. Oh yeah. There's a rock star right next to you. Yeah, I was just listening to him on the way here, actually. Yeah. That angel face. That's the name, right? Angel face. Angel face. Yeah. Oh. This is my second favorite scene. Oh, this is amazing. I, I thought you may have been missing the scene, but I'm glad you're here for this one. Oh, yeah. Because Stu's here. Yeah. Oh, Lou. Lou. Good fucking lord, I'm an idiot. <laughs> right. I mean, you're getting them like 75% right, yeah. so you're not failing the class. You're just they you're, you're above, you're above <laughs> average. You know? Lou! Where's your brother Stu? He, he's nicer than you. He'll let us use the basement. Lou, you're a dick. Stu's a good guy. Very evil laugh, mm -hmm. but a very, a very memorable laugh. <laughs> yeah, very reminiscent of his actual laugh. Yeah. Very Joker-esque. Yeah, him and Ben Affleck have very distinct natural lives. Yeah. Did you see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood yet? Oh, yeah. Yeah? How Great freaking movie. Yeah. Oh, such a good movie. Long fucking movie. Yeah. But good. And probably one of the most violent endings to a Tarantino movie I've ever seen. Really? <laughs> and that says a lot being Tarantino. Are you talking about the Sharon Tate house stuff? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And not to spoil anything, they go in Glorious Bastards on it. Oh, okay. If you don't know oh, the Oh, Revisionist ending. History? Yeah. Oh, okay. Which is kind of cool. <laughs> I like your word. <laughs> you can't handle the truth. <laughs> Blue. <laughs> there's a couple actors in here in this. Oh yeah, if you really go there. deep, there's there's about four people who are still continuing to work. Yeah. And then Meatloaf. <laughs> yeah, his he has a very interesting career dynamic now. Yeah. Homework time. Oh, 
guys who are gone, uh, I, I figured out the celebrity I'd fight. Louis C.K. Care to explain or just going to leave it? He deserves it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and how much of a fan I was of his mm-hmm. before it all came crashing down. Like, yeah. Yeah. He, he deserves to get smacked around a little bit. Mm-hmm. He'd probably kick my ass. New Yorker. He's all talk, though. Yeah. It, it, I mean, that's the thing, depending upon... I mean, and I'm not trash-talking New York by any means yeah. by saying this. You know, it's a very common, you know, thing for people to think New Yorkers are tough guys, and most of them are. <laughs> I love that priest part. You know, but it, it there's a difference in New York tough-guyness and New York hardness. Yeah. You know... That whole sequence right there, just everybody trying to start yeah. a fight, especially the priest one. I mean, that's true, though. Like, your average person will avoid a fight. Yeah, you got to push the buttons. Yeah. One of those moments where you really wish you can do this to your boss. Yeah. Did you hear about what happened with Barstool Sports? I mean, this is kind of going to age the episode if people... If people there, I remember there was something going on. Okay, so uh, a guy, like someone really, you know, like a verified Twitter person who's like, the thing is, is unionizing and covering unions Oh, yeah, and I remember, like okay. And... He tweeted and he said, anybody who works for Barstool Sports, if you guys want to speak about getting a union together and, you know, getting out from under the thumb of a boss who is very oppressive of his people, somebody DM me and we'll try it. And the, the boss tweeted back and said, if anybody at Barstool Sports replies to this guy's DM, you'll be fired on the spot. That's against labor laws. Yeah. He's fucked. Oh, yeah. Like, he is legit. Like, I would not be surprised if Barstool Sports goes under now. Yeah, I really haven't seen anything since. And yeah. I, that, that's bullshit. Yeah, that's, he, he's he, fucked. Yeah. And from what I've heard of Barstool Sports, the fucker deserves it because yeah. they're a bunch of tools. Yeah. I mean, I have my mixed feelings with unionizing things. You know, I, I am very pro-union in certain capacities and kind of anti-union in others. Um, but, but if you're being led by an asshole, yeah. But if you're like, like, I don't want to get into the politics of it. Yeah. But because uh, <laughs> we're missing good, good stuff here. Yeah. I'm kicking my ass. <laughs> right. A little liar, liar. Some good makeup. Yeah. I mean, if you really think about what's happening right now and what's going to happen with this guy, like, he just fucked that guy over. And in reality, that guy was not that bad of a boss. It's true. He was kind of a dick, but, like, he wasn't a, 
horribly abusive boss. He was just expecting him to do his job. But we got to also think the the job he has to do, the travel probably was building up on him. Yeah. And, yeah, Jack may be the hero of the movie and everything. Yeah. Never says he's a good dude. Well, yeah, it boils <laughs> down to kind of the conversation we had over text the other day when I saw Spider-Man 2 about how, like, it kind of shows that, like, yeah, Robert, like, Tony Stark saved the world and, and all that jazz, and, you know, he became a hero, but hearing other people, Tony Stark's kind of an asshole. Well, that's generally for Tony Stark. Yeah. Tony Stark is an asshole. He's a hero. Yeah, but... he's an asshole. You know that's the priest, right? Yeah. Okay. Which is interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I got baked muffins again. Motherfucker. Yeah. Your muffins are good, man. <laughs> I mean, you, now they're, now we are at the point of, like, just starting domestic terrorism. Yeah. From Project Mayhem. Yeah. It doesn't have a name yet. <laughs> I miss Blockbuster. I do, too. I don't miss working for them, but I, I was, miss the I idea was, of a video store. Someone on Reddit asked about uh, what was your, like, what was the first late night cable horror movie you ever saw? And I, I posted, I said, like, I never got to do that because my parents, cable was a luxury item for my parents. We didn't get cable until I was 12. Um, and then I lived in a very conservative household, so I wasn't allowed to even remotely get close to that stuff. I said, but I was a, you know, a blockbuster kid and. Right around 15, my parents became kind of disenfranchised with the church a little bit. And I was such a good kid that they kind of just gave me this blanket freedom out of nowhere. Yeah. And the first thing I did was like, horror movies. <laughs> oh, that was the same thing here. Yeah. Well, mine was tit flicks. Oh, okay. Yeah. Basically, my brother was on his mission. My sister was somewhere. And my parents would go to the temple, like, Friday nights to do whatever they do at the temple. I presume pray? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that seems temple kind of just kind of falls in yeah. with that. Kalima. Kalima. Uh, but my dad would take me to Little Caesars, get me a pizza, and take me to Blockbuster to get a movie. And I'd start getting like random movies. Like I, re I vividly remember getting Poison Ivy, The New Seduction. Nice. And the guy working behind the counter looks at it, looks at me, and I'm like, and he's like, <laughs> Yeah. For the people that don't have the video feed, he kind of gave me a shrug of like, Good on you. <laughs> the same dude that later told me he worked as an extra on American History X. Ooh. Yeah. And I was like, tell you, uh, we're coming into a very, like, sort of defining scene yeah. of exactly kind of what Tyler Durden is trying to do. Yeah. In his own fucked up sociopathic yeah. way. <laughs> <laughs> so nonchalantly. Veterinarian. Raymond 
I mean, the message that, I mean, as much as it was a cult-like message and as much as Tyler was a cult leader turned violent terrorist. sociopath, terrorist, his initial message and what he is trying to convey isn't necessarily too far off base to kind of what people in the in the world need to hear. Yeah, and that's probably what Chuck meant with the book and then yeah. what they wanted to do with this movie. Yeah. Like it it in like there is a lot of positive message obviously clouded by negativity, but there's yeah. a small positive message behind what Tyler But also is too doing. shows you especially in this world 20 years after the release of this movie, the world's fucked right now. Yeah. So you got to find your freaking silver linings. Yeah. Even if it's a gun press to get to back here to find it. Yeah, it becomes it becomes that a, should be a hallmark, right? <laughs> it kind of becomes a situation of of how far are you willing to combat society for your own self preservation and your own happiness? Yeah. You know, and and what are you willing to sacrifice for that? You know, and <clears throat> some computers in this yeah, scene, and you know, and. You know, the message being that, you know, at the heart of it is is blatant consumerism and and blatant government control. You know, those things for years in our country, even before this movie, were argued by uh, philosophers. And this is my mantra lately. Are you red shirt? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That scene bothers me as a projectionist. <laughs> Sorry. Film doesn't bounce around that way in the track. But yeah, so what I was saying was, is like things like blatant consumerism and blatant government control and things like that have been argued by philosophers and independent politicians for years, even before this movie came out. But... You know, it becomes one of those things that that violence begets violence. Yeah. You know, as we move in a society of even more blatant consumerism, the rich are getting rich, the poor are getting poor, more oppression, more government control, things like that. At what point does society raise up and combat that in their own way? And for some people, it's domestic terrorism like this. But, you know, in other ways, it's exercising your right to vote and all that kind of stuff, which as things are progressing in our society, we're starting to realize that our, our opinion as voters doesn't matter. Um, it becomes, what are you willing to do to change your world? You know? But also to kind of tack on to that whole consumerism thing, that yeah. as much as this movie is anti-consumerism and everything, yeah. as our knowledge of movie goes, like when you see that Starbucks cup, you see the Apple logo. Oh, you, yeah, it's, to, it's blatant marketing. Yeah. You know, but it, it's 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 ironic in a way because we as filmmakers, in our own right, and we you know we know that that Starbucks cup was placed there because Starbucks gave 20th Century Fox seven hundred fifty thousand dollars towards this movie. But at the same time, Starbucks, knowing what that cup was doing and representing, said we want to be a part of this story. Yeah. You know, so they almost in a way were making fun of themselves. You know, that's why I do appreciate companies like Coca Cola. Starbucks, Apple, IBM, you know, companies like you see in this movie and other government oppressive movies, you know, very cyberpunk world, dystopia kind of movies, 
where you see that these major conglomerate companies have taken over the world and are blatantly in control of everything is that these companies acknowledge how much of a conglomerate they are and are willing to make fun of themselves for it. You know, Starbucks, a key component in that, you know, key component in knowing that they are a blanket target of high society. Yeah. But also, too, you got to remember that Starbucks did start out as a mom and pop shop. Right. That, exactly. That became fucking Starbucks. Right. Bunk beds. Because I want on top. And I did not mean that in a dirty way. He's gone on to do quite a bit of stuff. Most famously, he was in the show Once Upon a Time. Um, on ABC. He played Pinocchio. Ah. Yeah. Can't remember his name. His first ever movie role was Kevin Smith related, though. Oh, what movie? I cannot remember the name of it, so I'm gonna. You don't remember shit, do you? No, fuck, fuck <laughs> at least I don't. At least I admit I don't remember instead of just making up what I think the name is and getting it wrong. <laughs> I don't do that. No, often. it's 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 it's. Uh, I'm gonna pull up IMDb here and, and find it, but I know you've seen it. We've seen it together. You remember in the late nineties, late nineties, early two thousands, when Kevin Smith was helping his friends get movies made. Oh, and that's uh, how we got vulgar, and we got uh, and, jar flies. Yeah. So, um, this was one of those movies. Oh, okay. Um, I'm gonna find it right now, but uh, let me get back to the beginning of this. Better place. Oh, better place. Yeah. yeah. So he he. Kevin Smith executive produced that movie and he was the co-main star of the movie with Robert DePatry. His name is Eon Bailey. He was the guy who was the violent sociopath who went on the gun rampage at the end of the movie. Not gun rampage. He only murdered one person. But, um, yeah. So, now he's gone on to do stuff. Stuff, stage work. And then he did the Once Upon a Time which was a great show. I still have to finish it. Um, yeah, he played Pinocchio. And this guy would do anything for love. But he won't do that. Yeah. He knew we had to make that joke somewhere in yeah, this fucking commentary. At least I didn't say bitch I do love the fact that like he still to this day has never said what the song is actually about. Like, 20, 30 years later, you think the per like, people be like, oh, the song was meant well, to make this. He goes, nope, I'm just going to keep it a secret. And you know the secret probably is, I was so high when I wrote it, oh, I yeah. don't even remember. Oh, yeah. So I'm just going to say I'm going to keep it a secret forever. <laughs> it makes it more mysterious. It works better than me saying, I was too high. It, it sounded good. You're glad it wasn't just farting on a snare drum. <laughs> The one thing I do visually kind of wish had happened a little bit, and there would have kind of really been no, ex, you know, expositional way to do this. Blonde. Would be that the house deteriorated more as the story continued, and as everything is moving from Fight Club to to Project Mayhem, that the house would deteriorate more and more, yeah. being that the relationship with Tyler Durden and Jack deteriorates, you know, kind of True. just sim- symbolically. Yeah. You know. Um, that would have been, and I, but like, I, like I said, expositionally, it wouldn't have made any sense. Yeah. So, it kind of works 
in the vein of when Tyler disappears. Yeah. It's just interesting how many people now are involved. Right, and they do it subtly. Like, right there, you just saw that the... the bus driver had a busted nose. Bus bus nose and a black eye. Yeah. You know? And it shows how big they're spreading. It's TV night. Right? Movie we're, night. We're watching Dumbo. Does Brad Pitt own a baggy shirt? Not for this movie. Because he's ripped. He has to show it off. Fucker. I mean, if you were in that shape, wouldn't you do that? I'd walk around naked. <laughs> I'm not in that shape, but I'd walk around naked. Yes, thank you for the slow turn. <laughs> Uh, Kent, his, the guy behind Jared Leto, he's in everything, man. He's, he's much like Steven Tobolowsky, just, he's one of those guys that you just know who he is, you don't know his name, but you recognize him in every character movie. Character actor, yeah. He's just character actor. Just gotta give respect to those guys. Oh, I know. Like, um, you remember in, uh, Billy Madison? Mm-hmm. Uh, the, not the villain? But mm -hmm. the guy that works with the villain? Yeah. I'm friends with him now on Facebook. Nice. Yeah. And it seems like it's his actual, like, Facebook and everything. Oh, sure, it probably is. Yeah. But he's a Larry Harkin. Yeah. Dude's in everything. See, knowing the twist, like, him saying that to them right now, like, they're all visibly confused is because he was with them why they did yeah. it. Yeah. Or sent them out. Yeah. Well, no, they show in the flashback that he's actually on the wire with them. Oh. Dope. <clears throat> That's dangerously close to live microphones. <laughs> I'm going to go take a piss. Possibly have my junk cut off. <laughs> I'm not supposed to know, but I'm into that type of stuff. <laughs> Cock rings and whatnot. I paid for that in Baltimore. It went wrong. Oh, you gotta go to Baltimore? Poor Baltimore. It was the first city that popped in my head. Because <laughs> I had a ball in it, didn't it? Yeah. That dude just left DNA behind. Yeah. We're not supposed to know about that kind of stuff. Yeah. Because you don't talk I mean, about it, that it, stuff. It, it, there's always stuff like that in movies and shows oh, yeah. where you're like, man, you know, it has to be kind of suspension of disbelief at that point. Well, yeah, it was probably even just probably his, that actor's choice is just right. like, ooh, he'd throw the meaning off to the side. Yeah. But if that was, yeah, that was his scheme ass, so mm -hmm. he's fucked now. <sighs> I mean, that's true. Like, I mean, that statement is 100% yeah. true. Don't fuck with us. 
Oh, yeah. No. You know, and, you know, it was pointed out, there was a tweet that went viral about a month or two ago about, you know, someone pointed out that, you know, we, everybody's like, oh, you know, violent society against politics and all this kind of stuff. And someone commented, does anybody want to tell this person that 300 years ago when the uh, when the citizens of a country were mad, they would kill the king? Yeah. They would storm the castle, burn it down, and kill the king? Dude, that's not 300 years ago. Yeah. It happened in Egypt. It freaking happened, I believe, well, yeah. in Iran. Yeah. You know, people, you know, the people rise up, you know. Yeah. We, in American society, don't do that, you know, necessarily, but it's... That's another story. It's another story, but yeah, in these other countries... You Look know, at that pretty today, face. Smack severely fucked up. Yeah. But yeah, in other, you know, in these other countries, the citizens rise up and take out the powers that be. You know, and that's the thing. Like Tyler's saying is yeah. like, don't fuck with us because we could rise up and destroy your entire world. Yep. Ooh, nice gut shot. Very uncomfortable sound editing on this by muting the, the sounds and just having the the fist connect with the face sounds. Perfect call. Yeah. Showing that Jack is fucking going over the edge. <laughs> yeah, his own psyche is fighting against him. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing you got to look at in the in this whole entire scenario is he's getting so been out of shape about what Tyler's doing and everything that Tyler's starting and his feeling disconnected from all of it and he's feeling like he's losing control of everything it's himself you know it's he's it's literally the split part of his psyche fighting with yeah. the other part of his you know and they kind of cover that a little bit in the movie Split with James McAvoy about the one personality combating the other personality you know it's you know it it, it happens well at least he was able to recognize Jared Leto's beauty Yes, beautiful man. Very interesting shot. Yeah. Because they never replicate that shot again. They never go upside down. Kind of felt a little out of nowhere. Yeah, well, it kind of shows as we're escalating here. Yeah, like... We're getting to... The world is changing. The rift. Yeah. The biggest clue about this whole thing comes up at the end of this of this scene with the car I don't know if you've ever visually figured it out but you're gonna point it I'll out I'll point it out you? to you yeah because that's what commentaries yeah. are for but yeah the, the ending of this scene is one of the first you know true rips true rips yeah and shows the definitive to the audience like it's once you know the twist and you rewatch that scene if you see it you're like oh my god it was so obvious but we're so clouded in everything that's going on that we don't catch it. You know? You're doing together, for, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> See, at this point, the people in the back are just watching him argue with himself. Yeah. This is kind of like mom and dad fighting at the table when it's a single parent. Yep. Acting like both parents. Mm-hmm. 
You're a deluded fuck. I don't know <laughs> if you're kind of meant to feel this way, but I don't actually particularly like the Jack character. I don't think you're supposed to either. You're, I, he's supposed to be that low-rung loser. Yeah. That goes day-to-day, living his everyday life, yeah. living in his condo with all the catalog items yeah. he buys, well, working a it's not, job It's that, not even that aspect of his character or anything that I don't like. I don't like this particular scene in general. Like, Tyler's telling him, like, look, you're deciding you love involvement all this kind of stuff, and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, I want to know things. I want to... Like, he wants to be in control. Like, but well, his whole entire thing... Leading like, into this? And leading into this was, well, you had control of your life, and look how you were living it. And that's exactly you it. Know? That's pointing it out. That's, like you said, the scene is that is that riff, that line where reality and delusion completely collides. Yeah. Like, he, personal, had, like sorry, he has sorry. this fight with Jared where he wanted to destroy something beauty, yeah. beautiful, but then he's realizing I'm losing control on what me and Tyler built, yeah. what we started yeah. and everything, and that's what we're seeing right now. Yeah. I like the line about that. It's not a seminar at Hilton, you know, because there, there's, there's something very eye-opening about hitting rock bottom and, uh, you know, it's, I'll, I'll get back to it after this scene, but, um, one of, you know, it, showing the inside of the car like that, this was one of the first, not one of the first, but it was one of the first to kind of start using that angle because back then, back in the early days of filming, even up into the eighties, we really couldn't put a camera in a car like that Oh yeah, and no, have it, it roll. Or at least get those angles. Okay, so here's right the visual representation. Tyler gets out, and he's on the passenger side of the car now. Yeah. Jack is on the driver's side of the car. I'll be honest, I never noticed that until now. Yeah, Jack's on the driver's side of the car. And this kind of reminds me that I would never be a good henchman, because even before the crashes and everything, if I notice my leader and everything having that type of breakdown to be yeah. like can you pull over yeah <laughs> I gotta uh, pee I gotta pee and run like crazy the, so getting back to the whole like rock bottom thing you know the explanation he's trying to give them is you know rebuilding your life isn't you know like a like a seminar at the Hilton and that's 100% true you know there's something about hitting definitive rock bottom and whatever it is you're experiencing addiction mental illness sickness what have you you know there's something about hitting definitive rock bottom that puts a lot of things into perspective that allows you to start building the foundation to better your life and it's 100% true going to some $500 seminar at the Hilton ran by some pyramid scheme guy is not going to fix your fucking life oh yeah it is not well that's the whole thing if you're paying 500 bucks for self-help that's defeating the purpose yeah you know, it's completely, it's the complete wrong way to take it, but people will do those seminars because that's They what, want the quick fix. Well, it's the quick fix. It's what society tells them they should yeah. do, and they want to stay within the comforts of society while trying to better themselves. When in reality, the best fix, not the best, but the, the, the fixes that work and the things that work are the things that make you uncomfortable. The things that broaden you out from your conformed life that you've created, either accidentally or purposely, whatever, what have you, you have to take the uncomfortable change. I love that. <laughs> that you have to take those uncomfortable changes to rebuild your life, and that 
is the message that Tyler had been trying to send him this entire time was getting out of that life that you you want control and you had control and you fucked up your own life. Yeah. So by doing this kind of stuff is forcing him to remove control of his life. It's a lot of fucking soap. Mm-hmm. The war room. Because the door says war. Mm-hmm. Notice how I didn't know, not know how to freaking follow up your stuff, so I was like, yeah. that door says war. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, sometimes you just can't segue. Yep. Mischief? <laughs> so it was like, like, so, like putting people in putting people's mail in different mailboxes? Putting your dick on a hotel remote control? Do you feel happy with the way you make <laughs> me look now? <laughs> Have him pop back in and go, dude, I'm I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> like, good lord. <laughs> I fucked you up. <laughs> Are you okay? You need a hug. You look like you need to start a music career. (laughs) (laughs) Or continue your music career. (laughs) Yeah, their first album came out two years after this movie. Yeah. So it's probably maybe in the early works of 30 Seconds to Mars. Yeah. Gardeners. (laughs) You know what? If, If there was to be a retelling of the story in any capacity be it a comic book a novel the uh, you know another movie or tv series in some capacity whatever whatever obviously you want to make it i would love to see this story from marla's perspective that'd be an interesting one having her show back up and seeing her life how she handles her ups and downs and everything but also too i was just thinking about it with the world of reboots remakes and all that bullshit we live in right now yeah this is one i wouldn't mind seeing maybe a remake like maybe a netflix remake or something not like a large scale it would have to be a cable like a like a a subscription service but make it female-led yeah To see those kind of vicious fights and everything like yeah. that. Because we know girls can really go at it with mm-hmm. fights. He got fucking shot. <laughs> Can't you see his head? hard to imagine well they they had to have the innocent guy right, the one that to just have, wanted to belong yeah the simpleton they give him give Jack that reality switch of like what yeah. the fuck is going on here yeah well that's why we gave Tyler 300 bucks it's not like he was stealing our money. Right. Was he? 
used it to pay for all his plane tickets. Yep. You mentioned Project Man one more time. I'm going to fucking brain you. Yeah. His name was Robert Paulson. convincing I mean this shows just how convincing Tyler Durden is as a cult leader that even when Jack isn't Tyler Durden is back to being Jack and is doing this sort of stuff yeah people still obey the Tyler Durden rule the well, Tyler Durden law like that just shows like how convincing Tyler Durden is as a cult leader that when you're seeing your leader not be your leader and being somebody completely arbitrarily different no one is questioning whatsoever. Exactly, and that's maybe the thing—the way he's—it may be the fact he's dressed the way he is. Yeah. Like he could have the sunglasses and like his little tight shirt freaking going, you know? Like, uh, that shirt doesn't work for you, sir. It's right. like, well, I'm Tyler Durden, so shut the fuck up. I'm like, okay. He's in Tyler mode, <laughs> and then grows from there to the brainwashing. You got to think probably with all, like, pre-money and everything, probably Tyler Jack's travels and everything are probably from his own freaking flyer miles. Mm -hmm. Well, the other thing, too, we can, we, you know, we have to kind of theorize about, in a, I'm sorry, I'm trying to get comfortable here, in a, in a little bit of a theoretical way, we only saw Jack's life at the beginning of the movie but Jack had been doing the same thing for years. years. And when we got introduced to Jack, he was already having a broken psyche. He was already losing it. So there's possibilities that even while he was out on the job before we saw and got introduced to him, that he was running Tyler Durden stuff. Oh, yeah. Before then. Making soap. Yeah. Brainwashing people. Yeah. You know, things like that. Building Fight Building Club in general. Yeah. yeah. And it finally got to this point where Project Mayhem got flipped. Mm -hmm. Not a good feeling. Because mm -hmm. he had her. Yep. I mean, how crazy is it that this that it got unified this much pre-internet, pre-cell phones? Well, not pre-cell phones. Cell phones were around by this time, but like the social phones. networking yeah, world. Like, like how crazy unify this many people across the United States 
well, it shows his travels, and that's exactly it, like yeah. where you're talking about just a moment ago, the fact that Jack had this traveling job for such a long time that yeah. maybe fight clubs were springing up everywhere that Jack traveled, mm-hmm. but it's finally to his hometown. Yeah. It was time to blow up the apartment. Right, and start. And get to yeah. the paper here's sub the, factory. Here's the first reveal of the, of the twist. Yeah. Shit's hitting the fan. Fucked. We've never had sex. We fucked. Right. (laughs) I hate that phrase. (laughs) Making love? I hate that fucking phrase. Why? It just, sentimental. Sh- it just bugs the shit out of me. Yeah. I don't know why. It's one of those weird tics. Yeah. Never liked it. Like saying pussy. Never say... No, that's <laughs> on a completely different wavelength than that. Like, I never say it. I've never said it. I don't have... I've never had any of my girlfriends or my wife say it. I just fucking hate it. <laughs> I, I can understand. Yeah. Making... Ugh. <laughs> ugh. His Willy Wonka glasses. Yeah. The 90s. No, and this was 2000s. No, no it was 90s. 99, yeah. It's filmed in 98, released in 99. Okay, then that cusp of 99 into the thousands. Yeah. Where it's like, ooh, futuristic sunglasses. Yeah. I look stupid, but they're nice. Yeah, fashion <laughs> from 99 to 2003 was such a weird time. Man. Yeah, because everybody was thinking like, it's the 2000s. I know. We need... Weird shit. I feel so bad for those companies that make the New Year's Eve glasses that people wear that say 2000 whatever. Yeah. Because we, you know, from 2000 to 2009, they had a perfect design. Put the two zeros in the middle, put the numbers on the end. You guys, now we're in the two, 201s and now we're getting into the 202s. Like, oh, we're missing some important shit here. <laughs> we're, we're missing the reveal footage. <laughs> And I remember, like I said earlier, when I first watched Fight Club, yeah. I got to this point where it was all really hidden fan, and I'm going like, the fuck? You still couldn't believe it? I, I could believe it, but I was like, what? what? How did I fall for this shit? Yeah. <laughs> because, like I said, a new Sixth Sense. Yeah. Clearly, but, like, I don't know. It have been perfectly right now. You realize you're talking to yourself, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> See? Yeah. Or making love, depending on your definition. Stop it. <laughs> you Stop open it. the door. Stop it. <laughs> yeah, I have no filter, so they're... Yeah. <laughs> 
See, the thing, the, the, the only thing I kind of would have liked to have seen in this scene, and it's something that I've always imagined as a filmmaker doing, because I do have a scene in my head where this takes place, I would have liked to have seen the camera cross the line a little bit. And, and see them both in the... See them switching spots. Yeah. Like, Tyler's on the bed, Jack's in the chair, Jack's in the chair, Tyler's, you know... Honestly, it was probably the... something I would almost say Fincher would probably wish he did. Yeah. It was probably something he didn't even think about. Just wanting to get the reveal scene done properly. Yeah. But then afterwards thinking, oh, you know, it would have been perfect if I would have switched him to here, mm -hmm. him to there. And I mean, like, later down the road, like, even in commentary form, looks yeah. in there watching, going, Fuck! Or even shot more scenes. To, I mean, there's always... Or shot more scenes to show the reveal of him sitting there by himself. Yeah, there's always... I mean, you're always going to go back and look at... It, it, it's the Lucas method. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, well, it, it, Imagine Fight Club Special Edition. Well, it, it falls... It, I, I have the defense towards Lucas. It's like, it's his film. He can do whatever the fuck he wants yeah, with Yeah, I it. agree. Yeah. We're lucky he didn't make a freaking chewy Han, a freaking porno. Yeah, see, for me with the special editions, there's only been one special edition change that I've, or two, I should say, two special edition changes that have ever bothered me. Yeah. Um, one is switching from greed, Han shooting first to Greedo shooting yeah. first. Um, That's in the vein of freaking switching the guns in E.T. to the walkies. Right. The other one was having Darth Vader, like, say no to yeah. the Emperor as he was shooting Luke with the Force Lightning. Like, that didn't need to be done. True. And it just... Disney needs to realize that we need the regular editions back. Yeah. We'll leave it at that. Jesus Christ. <laughs> More smoking. I think that's I think that's LA. Oh yeah, no, I almost guarantee that they're filming in LA. Good portion of it. LA probably. needs to figure out their tax break situation. They're more productions. They're there. getting back to it. I like we talked in the past. Nowhere. Yeah. Uh, there, there's a big one that's coming. That's getting a really nice uh, tax break, mainly since Louisiana and uh, New Orleans, the governors and all that. Yeah. Trying uh, to break their taxes. Not really break their taxes. They're doing law like abortion laws and yeah. uh, taking away rights. equal rights and whatnot. Yeah. So New York and L.A. are finally going like, ooh, this is our time to get our filming yeah. back here. I mean, L.A. and New York are still big places for TV, but, like, it's so hard to film a movie yeah. in well, L.A. Well, New Orleans and uh, Louisiana and all that stuff, mm -hmm. they were starting to get a lot of the TV stuff, too. Mm -hmm. Atlanta. Yeah, Atlanta. That's what I was thinking. It's just them, it's exactly it, them getting the taxes figured out because it's dumb to be, these people want to bring money in. Mm -hmm. Imagine being Marla in this scenario. Like, we know he knows now at this point, and she's kind of figuring out that he's figured out what's wrong with him. But, like, 
this guy who she's been doing this stuff with, going back and forth in personalities, you know, ghosting or not ghosting her, yeah. ghosting or not ghosting her, like all this stuff, like, and is now trying to like play straight, straight, and play sort of the victim himself. Yeah, realizing what the fuck have I been doing? Yeah, like how can you believe a word he says? That's obvious. Well, but also for her living the life that she was living everything where yeah. she not carrying everything. And you can kind of tell right here her realizing, oh, he's noticing something here. Yeah. She wants him to be able to understand it. But also, too, it's like, you've been dicking me around. Yeah. Uh, you need to get your head out of your ass. Yeah, she's bailing out. Your little Goombas are little Easter egg right back there, Seven Years of Tibet, Brad Pitt movie. Mm-hmm. A horrible Brad Pitt movie. Right ah, black eye on the bus driver. Mm-hmm. Should have been a sign. From the, from the stories I've heard of Edward Norton, he probably pays that tax a lot. Yeah. <laughs> well, fuck you. <laughs> You're the worst thing that ever happened to me. Huh? Hey, how do you like it? Yeah, right? It hurts, huh? <laughs> hurts the feelings. You feel glad about what you said? Potty mouth. His name is Robert Paulson. <laughs> Knowing that wouldn't work. Because they have backups. Yeah, I mean, yes and no. I mean, in 99, the technology wasn't like it is today where they can have remote backups like well, that. Well, yeah, but like still, that. you got to think those companies, even back in 99... Yeah. They want your money. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, Mr. Robot now covers that pretty well. The, sh- the, the show kind of does the same thing in the vein of Project Mayhem, where they're targeting this major company called E-Corp, and they are they're you know essentially trying to dismantle E-Corp, which will remove basically hey. all the debt in the world. And there is a point in the, in the show where they talk about having to take up the place that where they keep their backups. And if I remember correctly, that black cop was on Doogie Hauser. Probably. Yeah. He was the uh, gangbanger orderly. Mm. I can do deep cuts, too. <laughs> you are the king of deep cuts. Oh, yeah, I know it. <laughs> if I didn't want to drop my mic, I would drop my mic. <laughs> Mm. 
Yes, they are police officers. They would not have guns in their interrogation room with yeah. them. But they also would have a knife to cut your balls off. Yeah. Are you guys about to cut someone's balls off in there? Right. Yeah. You know you're going to wait for me. Should have said that when the door was open, dude. Yeah. This is exactly why they don't have guns in interrogation rooms. Yes. Yeah. That sounds like a sex act with a pencil. Right? <laughs> An escalator temporarily became stairs. Yeah. I really want to find a place like nearby when their escalator does break down. Yeah. And make that sign. Or work somewhere where I can do it. Sorry for the convenience. Yeah. Just to give somebody that laugh for the day. Mitch Hedberg, you're a genius. Rest in peace. Ugh, running. What's so funny is he's lost so much of the paperwork out of those folders that they're almost useless. Oh, yeah. But he's oh. still carrying them around. <laughs> well, I guess also the question would be, like, why? He, he already knows all the information. Yeah. Probably make sure that the police don't destroy the paperwork. But does he really know all the information, or is a lot of the information stored within Tyler? Both. I mean, that really <laughs> depends. That really depends on what his brain classifies as Jack information and Tyler information. You know, right, but and, he doesn't remember a lot of the things that took place when he was Tyler. Right. So. It's possible that That's he gonna... doesn't know as Jack or whatever you're calling him. Yeah. The same information. Well, yeah, I mean, that's true. And, that, and the movie Split, you know, kind of covers that a little bit, too. Well, that's going to be like years and years and years of psychotherapy to unlock all well, that. Well, even then, it could all still be repressed memory. Oh, yeah. Did he just shoot at his own reflection? Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's probably that delusional. It's probably hallucinations now. Mm-hmm. Not in, like reflections needing to be shot. It's just him legitimately seeing Tyler now. Like that personality is so fractured mm-hmm. that Tyler is, is now his own entity in his brain. And that's a lot of yeah, Metro. Yeah, I could give some opinions about that, but that'll take too long. But... There is a definite there is a definite showing that Tyler is existent in his own little world. Yeah. Jack has at this point no control over Tyler. Tyler's almost like an out of body experience for him. Yeah. Well, it, it becomes the situation of how it's 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 the situation how much power has Jack's subconscious given the Tyler entity? And at this point, almost 100% yeah. of his subconscious is Tyler. Mm-hmm. You know, 
And as we get further into the rift going on and Jack trying to get back Tyler, we see that he's never going to be able to get control of his subconscious away from Tyler, which is why he does what he does at the end. Uh, and that in his brain, that removes the Tyler subconscious because now Tyler is dead. You know, it, it, he's lo- he wanted so much control of his life that he didn't even give himself control. Mm-hmm. And he never was able to take it back. Which is something I do like about the idea of the Jack character. Because in, in another revisionist history of this kind of story from another writer, another filmmaker, they would have had Jack combat him and there would have been like this crazy psychological fighting scene and, and then Jack would have won. You know, and he would have had the power to take control of himself. No, he never had the power. 100% he never had the power. It's time to kick your own ass again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but this, see, this kind of scene though does show that he has no control of the tiger because he just ran away from him, and Tyler was just right around the corner. He put him there. You know, it's yeah. it's this. He has zero control over over Tyler. He, he's gone total schizo. Yeah. Ex- yeah. But to the point that Tyler, the Tyler entity, is controlling his own actions, controlling yeah. his actions, and beating him with his own shit. Yeah. I kind of feel like Edward Norton hates himself so much. He's created this Tyler character, and he's just beating the shit out of himself, trying to just like find out who he is. Yeah. He hates, like he's he's figuratively beating himself up. Yeah. Right? No. Yeah. But it's manifested in it's, the movie it, as a very real thing. But it, this. Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. This is a kind of a situation of a person who, in other instances with other people, probably would have committed suicide. Mm-hmm. Had no, wanted so much control over life, could never have it, were so depressed, so lost, so detached from reality that they would have committed suicide. Instead, he committed psychological suicide and gave up the power of Jack and created this entity to control his life which is Tyler, and he's so psychologically broken that he is beating the shit out of this Jack character as Tyler Durden because Jack essentially should be dead. I like that. I still can't think of any. Because yeah. in the beginning, he said, I can't think of anything when they showed that yeah. scene. And now we've gone through the whole story, and he says, I still can't think of anything. Nice little subtle drop there. Right, we are full circle now. Yep.
The thing, the thing that I, I fail to understand a little bit, and probably just because I've never had a cult myself, you know, not yet. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm trying. Um, you got to keep hoping. You got to keep hope alive. Yeah, you know, yeah. never say never. You know, you you, uh, you dream it, you believe yeah, it, it'll happen. Know, and through God, we can all find everything we want. Exactly. You know, so. Rule number three: try your hardest. Yeah, yeah. have fun. Have fun. Always yeah. have fun. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I've never had a cult, so I don't understand. But it seems it almost it would seems have been fun. Yes. It you seems to me it would have been prudent at this point in the juncture with Project Mayhem. For Tyler to completely remove himself from the equation, the Jeff to, I know he, I know. Well, technically he has. Well, I know, but I almost would have rather have seen Tyler and Jack somewhere completely away from from all of this buildings. I know that it leads up to the final scene with all the explosions yeah, exactly. in the background. It's it's a visual thing. Yeah. But I almost would have rather have seen Tyler and Jack. Either back in the basement of the of the Paper Street house, or or something like that, like because Tyler made all of these Project Mayhem cells completely self sufficient. Well, that's the thing. That's exactly it. And Tyler has removed himself from the situation and everything. And it was Jack that caused the chase to end here, to have it end up yeah. in the the basement of the house again, would run it to where. Tyler was back at the house, and as we saw with Tyler Durden's disappearance, yeah. he was off the grid. Yeah. He was letting the cells run themselves. Yeah. And this, this is all of this right here is Jack's doing, right? Because he's the one that chased down Tyler. He's the one that is trying to figure out what the fuck is going on, and ultimately, right now, he is going to change it. Yeah. The see in this. And doing it this way shows that, like, yeah, he was able to get the gun out of Tyler's hands. Like, he was able to finally manipulate his own subconscious to get the gun to show that the gun was still actually in his hand. Yeah. But in order to remove the Tyler entity, he has to kill the Tyler entity. Exactly. Because he's never going to be able to get control of Tyler again. Like how we just saw earlier how Tyler was kicking his ass. It was the start of the battle between Jack and Tyler to regain control. Yeah. And ultimately, this... Is the climax of it? Yeah. Gnarly. And everybody always has something to say about this scene. How, like, how would it be Tyler's back of Tyler's head getting blown off when Jack's mouth got shot? Mm-hmm. It's all his own mind. Yeah. Whatever he visualizes. Yeah. Hurts like a motherfucker, though. Mm -hmm. More smoking for you. (laughs) Not the way you want. (laughs) So I guess as we are getting to honestly the climax now, do you want to reiterate the contest? Yeah. Okay. So one of the one of the because it's pretty much this is it. <laughs> one of the fun questions of, of Fight Club was the if you could fight any celebrity, who would it be? And we alluded to it at the beginning of the show. Mine's Louis C.K. Yeah, Josh is being Louis C.K. Kim, did you ever figure out yours? I said Dakota Fanning initially, just because she's tiny and I could snap her like a toothpick. But not because she's oh my not God. because yeah. she's a bad person, but because my odds of 
survival are higher. You know who mine is? Yeah, Vin Diesel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, okay, so that that was the thing. Is who was the contest is. If somebody can send us any sort of a message, private message us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Nowhere California, or email us at Nowhere underscore California at Yahoo.com. Just find a way to get us a message and tell Josh or me who more likely me, more likely you, who would it be that Doug said he would fight? And we said it a couple times to the commentary, and it's also on our 20 year retrospective episode. So if you need to find it, go back to those or rewind. So I'm not going to say it, because Kim literally just said it two minutes ago. Vin Diesel. So, oh, God damn it. <laughs> I want to give away this fucking poster. <laughs> yes, I would fight Vin Diesel. Okay. Now the, the romantic ending. Yeah, as romantic as this fucking shit can get. Yeah. And the pixie's playing. I mean, don't get me wrong, I am the kind of fucked up asshole that if I could be standing on the edge of something and watching the world burn like that with my loved one, I'd be totally for it. <laughs> you got me at a very strange time. Yeah. <clears throat> can say that a lot. Yeah. Well. I mean, I almost want to, in a future episode, a future recording of this, go back and talk about this movie from you and me from the perspective of mental health. Yeah. Cock. <laughs> so that that was the movie, everybody. Uh, happy 20th anniversary to Fight Club. Fight Club, yeah. If, if this is your first time watching it, why did you watch it with us talking? I mean, I'm cool with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm all right with that. Uh, I hope we weren't too annoying. <laughs> I'm curious on who the very last credit is of, of like, characters. Brad Pitt. So we got Waiter at Clifton's at the bottom yeah. there. Uh, I think Detective it's, Walker, Michael Gardini, you just made it into the credits by a hair. Yeah, so you got some money. We got, yeah, you got, you got some billing. You can put that on your resume. Lucky you. So I, yeah, since there is no real post-credit scene, do we want to just go ahead and say our goodbyes? To yeah, I think so. Uh, like I said, congratulations. Twenty years shows how important this movie truly is. Yeah. From. The weirdo standpoint and the douchey standpoint. There's those douchey fans that are like Fight Club's awesome, and then there's the weirdos that are like you don't even understand Fight Club. Yeah. To everyone in between. Yeah. I think that's us. Yeah, I mean, it really it's this movie, much like the line he says, like you met me a strange time. This movie came out in a very strange time for both of us. Yeah. You know, and at the cusp of, you know, going from you know, kids to adults and from teenager to young adult and everything like that. And I'll look on films too, I'd say. Yeah, you know, and, and everything like that. Because in that world, like, you look back at where we talked about in the 20th anniversary episode yeah. of the movies from that year, there is a spectrum of movies. Yeah. And this one was off the beaten path, as it could be. Yeah, but still made it to theaters. You know? Yeah. So, all right, everybody. Well, thank you for listening to Nowhere California you know, presents the Fight Club commentary. This has been Josh. Oh, oh God, God damn it. All right. Thank you, everybody. For, no, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to say well, I can't edit. We're still going. Yeah. So. so thanks, everybody. This has been Doug. This has been Josh. Take care, everybody.